With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Sunday, December 12th. Sloan Spencer is a perfect. Grinch. I'm going to need everyone to work overtime. Now, one determined Christmas Cupid. How did you do that? Will show her the light. Change your ways. What do you need me to do? I'm giving you a chance to save yourself. ABC Family presents a new kind of holiday tale. Sloan Spencer. How many years has it been? About getting a second chance. I miss you. It's like deja vu, huh? With your first love. He's funny. He's gorgeous. And he smells like cake. Christina Milian. I'm not so late. I, I can fix things. Chad Michael Murray. I can't believe that you kept this all these years. And Pretty Little Liars, Ashley Benson. Did you get your wings? Actually, it's more like a pitchfork. A new ABC Family original movie. The world premiere of Christmas Cupid. Sunday, December 12th at 8, 7 central. Part of 25 Days of Christmas. Only on ABC Family. All right, that's it. We made it. We're here. It is the season finale of season four, 2018's Stocking Stuffers. How about that? We survived a whole month's worth of cozy cardigan Christmas brought to you by Lifetime, Freeform, uh, uh, the Hallmark Channel, the Up Network, Netflix, and today... We're doing a throwback. We're going back. Back to before Freeform was free in form. Back when it was pretending to be a family network, even though its programming content was the most adult of all the movies I've covered yet so far. That's right. Today on the season finale of Stocking Stuffers, I alone will be talking about 2010's, eight years ago, uh, 2010's Christmas Cupid from... ABC Family. Back when it was ABC Family. Now it's Freeform. The opening credits of this movie say a Freeform production and then go into ABC Family. So that's what we get. Um, This movie, I want to give a shout out to the reason I watched it. I was really trying to figure out what am I going to do for the last episode. I really like to usually end on some kind of big note, whether that's a really terrible one or maybe the newest one, or the biggest budgeted one, or the wackiest sounding one. I just always like to end, you know, to, to, so that we close out in style, if you will. So 
you know, when I had kind of posted where I was at with all of these, I had mentioned still trying to figure out the finale. And dear listener uh, and friend of the show, Christy, had kind of just thrown out, oh, hey, this one's on Hulu and it's pretty fun. So I took a look. I'm like, okay, it is on Hulu. So that's good because it means you guys, I know probably more of our listeners have access to Hulu than they do access to cable. So I figured, okay, well, that's good. Everybody can watch it. Oh, it's 2010, which is always fun because uh, sometimes it's neat to see the older quote-unquote movies. Um, And hey, I love Ashley Benson. Let's see Ashley Benson in a movie. And this one, I'm not, you know, I don't want to give, throw my, show my hand, throw my hand by showing my hand too quickly, but uh, I had more fun with this than any adult woman probably should. Uh, this is brought to us by Gil Junger. Now, Gil Junger is a director who has a lot of television credits. More importantly, I encourage everybody right now uh, to pause what you're listening to, or if you can multitask, keep it listening, but pull up on your phone, pull up Safari or whatever internet browser you use for IMDb, and look up the picture of Gil Junger. It's Gil, G-I-L, Junger, J-U-N-G-E-R. His Amazon uh, headshot is him sitting on a beach without a shirt, on a Mac, and he's got his, he's holding his glasses, um, and just kind of staring at the camera, sort of, as if, oh, you're taking a picture of me, are you? I can't decide if it's a sexy picture, or a failure to sexy picture, or a completely ironic picture that is not meant to be sexy, but is funny for looking as if, I don't know, there's so much going on just on IMDb of his photo that I think it tells you a lot about what kind of movie we're going to get. Uh, so this one, again, ABC Family from eight years ago. You can watch it on Hulu. Um, right away, I, I want to make, you know, kind of throw down a gauntlet here and say, I think ABC Family slash Freeform is the secret champion of the Cozy Cardigan season. Yes, Hallmark is making the most of them. Hallmark is really the network that brought this uh, as a household product, as a, you know, kind of the 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 sheer popularity of the genre of what it is. We do have to credit Hallmark to that. But ABC Family has a little more fun and it seems to have, again, a little more personality. And the other film we covered this year from Freeform, now Freeform, is The Truth About Christmas, which was genuinely a delight. And Christmas Cupid, Look, I'm not going to tell you it's a good movie. It stars Christina Milian. You know it's not a good movie. But this one is fun and, again, weird and has moments that I genuinely did laugh at. So let's go into the plot of Christmas Cupid. Christmas Cupid uh, follows the saga of Sloane. Sloane is played by Christina Milian, which... Uh, is normally not a good thing, and we'll get to whether that was a good thing here or not. Anyway, Sloane is a publicist living in Los Angeles, and she is your typical movie publicist, where she dresses really well, wears a lot of makeup, to bed, and when she wakes up, uh, it's still there perfectly. It's very impressive. It's a very impressive feat that the freeform and hallmark ladies can accomplish. Um, but Sloane is also, I'm just going to say it, Sloane's kind of a cunt. And her, the very first thing we see her do is get late to arrive late to work and park in a handicapped spot. And when somebody calls her out on it, she just starts limping. Um, so, yeah, I mean, she is not a good person. Uh, she is, however, pretty good at her job. She has, you know, maybe because she is so awful, she is good at handling awful people. And her particular specialty in the PR world is that she is the um, 
PR person for like the younger starlets. So her main client is uh, Caitlin, played by Pretty Little Liars, Hannah herself, Amber Benson. And Amber Benson plays it basically like a Lindsay Lohan-esque thing where she's a train wreck. Um, You know, she has a family movie coming out, but now there's all this kind of PR storm because she has been caught on camera at a children's charity event, drunk and so drunk that she throws up in Santa's sack of toys and all the orphan children run away crying. It's, again, kind of funny, believe it or not. Um... But it's, you know, not the easiest thing managing her. Meanwhile, Sloane is trying to get a promotion. She is also sleeping with her boss, uh, which makes it both easier and harder to get that promotion, I guess. Um, But then craziness happens where Amber Benson's character dies. She chokes. She is out partying. She drinks a martini. She swallows the olive whole and chokes on it and dies. And actually motherfucking dies in this Hallmark movie, drunkenly choking on a martini olive. You don't get this in Hallmark. You get this in an ABC Family Production occasion, apparently. So, um... She's she dead. That that's how it goes. But more importantly, she is ghosted, or she ghosts. She becomes a ghost. She ghostizes is that one. So uh, while after she dies, Sloane doesn't know this, and Sloane is just hanging out at work and has a Bob Marley esque moment where Caitlin comes to visit her and says, "Oh hey, by the way, um, I apparently have a test before I can get to heaven or get my wings or whatever she says, and you need to change your life." Otherwise, I'm fucked, and you probably are too. Of course, Sloane doesn't believe her at first, because why would you believe that Lindsay Lohan is now turned into a ghost trying to help you? But then she finds out she really is dead. Oh my god, what's going on? Well, I'll tell you what's going on. It's a Christmas carol! That's what's going on. So, Sloane is visited by three ghosts, and not just ghosts, but ghosts of boyfriends past, if you will. And that is what happens. Her for the ghost of Christmas past is her high school boyfriend, uh, who shows her, of course, all these things that happened in her past, including her breaking up. Rather, I mean, the movie makes it out like she was a bitch for doing it, but honestly, I get it. Uh, her the love of her life was her college boyfriend, uh, played by Chad Michael Murray, and his character's name is something bland. Patrick, yeah, Patrick, and. <clears throat> Uh, Patrick was going to go to Iowa to go to med school and Sloane looked at her future and said, well, I'm graduating college and uh, my boyfriend is going to Iowa. What the fuck am I going to do in Iowa? I guess I'll just leave him and go to LA. So that's what she did. Little did she know he was going to propose to her, which I don't see how that really changes things because she still would have been stuck in Iowa. No offense to Iowa, but I think if you're somebody like Sloane, it's not where you wanted to spend your 20s and 30s and so on. Anyway, that's what happened in the past. Uh, Ghost of Christmas Present is another ex-boyfriend who also happens to be a co-worker. Uh, you know, he shows her all the terrible things that are going on around her, like her her mother uh, being alone on Christmas and her best friend from college who has a her own restaurant business that's failing and Sloan had offered to help and, of course, isn't helping and that's going to fall apart. Uh, and then finally, the Ghost of Christmas Future, which is a twist where, again, it's Santa Claus, but then we realize it's not Santa Claus. It is a future ex, uh, none other than her current boyfriend slash boss, uh, who is there to show her how terrible life is going to be if she hasn't changed her ways. Guys, you know, we've watched enough of these to know that there was a 
uh, out of the 14 movies we covered this year, one out of 14 of them uh, had a kind of a twist ending or something you didn't see coming. This is not that one. That one was the truth about Christmas. Christmas Cupid ends exactly how you think it's going to end. Christina Milian changes her ways. Everybody's happy. Uh, Amber Benson gets her wings, which is more exciting than anything because she's Amber Benson. And that is Christmas Cupid. Now, let's uh, jump right into the tropes because this is it. This is our last chance to do it in 2018, unless you're listening to this in 2019 when this is the last chance that was recorded in 2018 to do this. Number one, our lead in need of a lesson. Um, Yeah. Now, I'm so glad, again, thank you, Christy, that I picked this movie in the end because I feel like this season overall has been... Mm, more muted leads in need of lessons, right? We have we've had a few career women, but we haven't had like the really intense high heel wearing, um, you know, business suit, coffee cup glued to her hand, one hand, cell phone glued to the other. We just haven't had that enough this season. So thankfully, while Sloane isn't quite the traditional career woman, uh, she is still really intense about it. So yeah, I like having that. Uh, moving on. Oh, and by the way, let's. I did say we were going to talk about it. Let's talk about it. Sloane is played by Christina Milian. Christina Milian was a singer turned actress. I guess if you want to call her an actress. Um, I've watched Christina Milian in a lot of these movies. She's in Snow Globe. She was in, oh, Christmas in the City, I think, where she played the villain. Um, she's shown up in a few. She, other, if you haven't watched any of these movies, you might have seen her on the, when Fox did the Rocky Horror remake thing last year she played magenta and she's terrible i'm sorry she's beautiful very very pretty um i'm sure she can sing decently she's just a really bad actress and i and there's like no i'm not you know I like to not be mean about this, but I'm going to. She's not a good actress. She's terrible. However, that being said, this is the best performance I've seen her give. That doesn't mean it's a great performance, but it is a little more natural and less awkward than every other movie I've ever seen her in. Whether that is credit to the director, credit to the role, credit to the script, I don't know. But she is, or credit to her, obviously. Just for whatever reason, she is not as terrible in this as um, many other movies that she has done. So there's that. Merry Christmas, Christina Milian. Number two, the setting. In this case, it's a big bad city. It is L.A. Uh, And, you know, look, I'm not a big L.A. person on screen. Just, you know, I don't have that same connection to the city that other people do. So it's, to me, usually less interesting to watch on screen. Uh, But, I mean, you know, you're setting your movie amongst PR talent and actresses. It's kind of, you have no real choice there. Number three, our bland love interest. So... Let's talk about our bland love interest, shall we? Our bland love interest is Patrick, as I mentioned, and he is the, uh, what do you call it, Um, uh, you know, doctor, so we know he's a good guy, and he's handsome, and he's good looking, and he's tall, and guess what? He's played by uh, somewhat of a name actor. Uh, Patrick is played by Chad Michael Murray, who is a name that I've heard of, which is not very common for the love interest in these movies, and in a way that almost makes it worse, because... Well, look, I know I guess Chad Michael Murray did what? I think he did One Tree Hill for a long time. I know him, I guess, primarily from the House of Wax remake, which is an underrated remake, if I do say so myself. Um, But, I mean, he's somebody that should 
have something to give on screen, all things considered. And really, he just ends up feeling like a Wes Brown. Like, Wes Brown actually looks better and feels better on camera than Chad Michael Murray does here. He just is very bland. And I expect my bland love interest to be bland. But when you put up a little more dollars to pay for a name, I feel like they're, you know, you, you should bring something. Um, and it's also a shame because really between him and Christina Milian, they have very little chemistry. And more importantly, there is so much chemistry, both sexual and everything else, between Christina Milian and Amber Benson. So that it's a problem. You're watching this movie and you just wish it was about a different relationship than what we get. Uh, one thing that I do really like that this movie does is, as I said, the ghost of Christmas past is her ex-boyfriend, who even um, has a very... Um, self-aware introduction to himself where he basically says well you know how it is you always idealize uh your your first love is always an ideal representation of love for you and what i love about that is that is so fitting to almost all of the movies covered this year um i should do a count of this later but i think of the 14 i covered i would say probably about 10 of them were ultimately about a woman realizing her real love was the guy she fell in love with when she was, you know, like 17 years old. I'm going to do a count right now because it's going to bug me. Okay, so seven out of 14 were ultimately about a woman realizing the man she belongs with is or was her high school or college boyfriend. Uh, Still 50% and you got to kind of take like Christmas Chronicles out of the running really in a way because that's not a romance. So more than half of the movies covered this year proved... Um, and the other, you know, in, to look at it this way, the the uh, the ones that didn't, it was because the real love was a prince. So either, ladies, sorry to disappoint you, but if you are not married to your high school sweetheart or a prince, you are doing it wrong and you're not really with the man you're supposed to be. Sorry, Brandon, I, but I guess deep down, you're not the one for me. Uh, really did not mean to break that to my husband over the air, but we'll talk about it later. Uh, all right, so moving on, the montage. Uh, we get a lot of them. So there's a montage of Christina Milian dating, a montage of her uh, figuring out what um, the ghost of Caitlin, who's like in ghost form, she can't really do anything, but she's always there. There's a montage of her trying to figure out what she should wear to her funeral, which is, again, it's a trying on clothes montage, so I'm in. But then the best thing, Towards the end of the movie, after Ashley Benson gets her wings, there is a montage of Ashley Benson. But it's not like great wacky antics in the movie. It's more like a photo reel of different shots of Ashley Benson in this movie, like smiling or looking pretty or like turning around. And it's like a minute long and it's just a montage. Ashley Benson's a gorgeous woman and she's wonderful in this movie. I don't know that I needed a montage of just her looking around. Uh, Then the end credits of this movie are um scenes from the movie like not done not nothing done with them like they're not outtakes they're not um like continuations it's just a replay of some stuff that happened in the movie but because hulu which all of the streaming services do this but hulu is the worst one about it is i don't understand how when i get to the end credits of something on hulu i can watch the end credits and not something else i haven't figured out how to do that so for all i know there was like a stinger at the end of the movie or some kind of wacky credit or a continuation but i'll never know because i am 36 years old and apparently that is too old to understand how to work my roku remote number five dead parents um yes 
So Sloane's dad, I think, is dead. He's not in the picture, and her mom is remarried like seven times. And Caitlin's parents are dead. So, woo! Three dead parents for the price of one. Number six, our sassy sidekick. Oh my god, guys, our sassy sidekick is Hannah Marin pretty little liar herself the best of the liars as me and christine said recently uh she is wonderful she is jacob marley she is the ghost of everything and she is amber benson and she is so much fun in this movie uh she has a great line at one point because she really does like play it as you know a very millennial spoiled uh movie star so at one point, um, Christina, Christina Milian has found out that her current boyfriend like sleeps around the office and beds all like the young ingenues. And so she looks at uh, Hannah, I'm just going to call her Hannah, and says like, oh, what, did you, did you sleep with him? And she has the best um, line and the best line reading, which is, ew, gross, he's like 30. Again, I kind of love this movie. Number seven, evil woman or evil boss. Um we do kind of have an evil boss because Sloane's boss slash um, boyfriend turned fiance uh, has a wandering eye, is kind of an asshole, is really not a good guy. Um, so that's something. Number eight, slapstick. There's a lot of, um, oh my God, there's a ghost. I'm going to drop something. I'm going to fall because there's a ghost. So yes, there's slapstick in this movie. Number nine, sage old person. Um, not the way we usually want, like not a real sit down moment where somebody with white hair tells our person who does not have white hair something about life or Christmas. But we do have, um, I'm always going to give credit for this when it happens, when Jacay shows up in a Christmas movie, the world's a little better. And Jacay plays Sloane's mom. And Jacay is a little lonely because she is remarried, but her husband kind of uh, seems to never be home, leaves her there with the checkbook and so on. So she um, it starts kind of going crazy, but she also just keeps, uh, she carries around a, a dachshund with her and he, she dresses him up for Christmas. And then she gets another dachshund and talks about getting another one. So is there wisdom imparted? No. Is there Jacay holding a dachshund in a sweater? Yes. That counts even more points than and Santa Claus, yeah, because the ghost of Christmas yet to come is initially presented to us as Santa Claus. Now, the bonus rounds, the, it's so sad. Like, I mean, I don't know if you do this at the end of a year, like when it's like, oh, this is, you know, the last baseball game of the year, the last football game of the year. It's the last stocking stuffer of the year. And it's the final bonus round of 2018. So let's do this. Public domain holiday song. Uh, yeah, we get a lot of them, but we also get like, Again, this movie was really 2010. It's right when Freeform, I'm sorry, ABC Fam, formerly known as ABC Family, was really going for that like young teenage audience, that tweened teenager. And so even the public domain holiday music is all like kind of sexy modern mixes of um, Little Drummer Boy and uh, Deck the Halls. So even that, it's it's going for it. Product placement. So okay. Here's the thing about this movie. I don't think it has any overt product placement, but it does have like anti-product placement. So Sloane's sort of um, uh, nephew Fred slash Bob Cratchity friend from college who is running a restaurant, not doing a good job of it, and is really like going to lose her dream and her restaurant and her home and all that. In the, uh, when we see the vision of the Christmas get to come, uh, of course, she has lost the restaurant because, you know, that's how these things work. And she comes home and she is wearing, and my goodness, I wish I was recording this episode with Christine. She is wearing an Applebee's uniform. 
And we find out that after she lost her restaurant, she had to get a job at Applebee's. And of course, Sloane's reaction is just one of, of horror, true horror. And so I love that this movie like kind of takes a dump on Applebee's. It's kind of beautiful. Uh, next, The Cloying Child. Um, no, I don't think we have any if... Yeah, there's, there's almost no children in this movie, so nothing there. No ice skating. No Canadianisms. This was filmed in, um, in L.A. No Christmas names on our characters. No Christmas tree lighting. So, you know, all these things are disappointing. I don't think we had karaoke, but it's made up because in the first scene of the movie, Sloane walks into her office carrying the most empty cup of coffee you've ever seen in your life. And not only does she carry it, she then puts it on a table and gives it to her boss, who then also picks it up as if something was in there, but very poorly faking it because nothing is in there and he's not good at faking that. And then another character ends up holding that coffee cup. And all three actors, so even though we missed out on a lot of bonuses, I think we make it up for the fact that three different actors have shown they have no ability to act with a coffee cup. Uh it's hey that's more of a bonus than anything uh i want to move on to the reviews because the reviews for this movie are kind of amazing um as you might guess a lot of the people do not like this movie because people come to a cozy cardigan christmas expecting a family movie it's on abc family it should be a family movie and this movie i mean you have a 21 year old dying in like the second scene of the movie and she does die she doesn't come back uh you have alcohol you have a lot of raunchy talk you have cursing you actually have the word ass and hell used in this movie so you did have a lot of very angry reviews but more importantly you also had some very positive reviews so i want to focus on the positive we're ending you know the season let's end it on a high here is a five out of five star review for christmas cupid uh this is a verified dvd purchase from amazon not imdb um this is a good movie just like a christmas carol only this time they did it differently and she had to confront three exes one from her past one from her present and one from her future the ex from her future turns out to just be as much of a shock for us as it is for her and saying anything further about him would be a great big spoiler i probably shouldn't have even said that much she does end up with a man with man she loves though you should get this movie merry christmas I should have just used that as the synopsis, quite frankly. Uh, that is A Christmas Cupid, and I recommend it. If you want not the sweet, calm ones, but you want kind of like one with a little more edge and one that's funny, I think this is not a bad one to do. And it is on Hulu, so you can find it pretty easily. Uh, what I want to do before I say goodbye from stocking, not like goodbye, I'll be back with Christine very soon, but you know. Um, I did want to run through just kind of a a kind of wrap up if you will yes with a like a wrapping up of a christmas present see what i did there uh of this season so we had 14 movies um i want to go through some best and worst i've ranked the movies uh, i've done a, a couple things here so um why don't we start with me t- going through the 10 tropes and where I think some of the best and worst um, our lead best lead I'm going to give it to Callie Hawk from the truth about Christmas where this was the episode that guest or Jason came on and we both decided this woman is great this actress is great and this is an interesting character uh, worst lead I'm sorry Jana from Pretty Little Liars but you were kind of terrible in the Ghosts of Christmas Past Ghosts of Girlfriends Christmas Past the terrible movie on Hulu don't watch it <clears throat> 
our setting. Uh, my favorite setting, guys, there was the first, we got to experience history being made here when we saw the first movie ever to be filmed at Graceland. It was Christmas at Graceland. It wasn't a good movie, but it was filmed at Graceland. Best setting of our movie? I'm just going to have to say Graceland. The worst setting, I mean, kind of a toss-up between Girlfriends of Christmas Fast. I don't want to just keep putting everything on that movie, um, but it was terrible in kind of every way. Um, I would also say, you know, again, I'm just, uh, you know, The Holiday Calendar, which was not a terrible movie, was kind of set in a uh, unremarkable suburbia. So I'm going to throw kind of point, nab, point at that one so that they do better next year. Best Love Interest. This is really hard because honestly, unlike past years, I mean, last year we had Falling for Christmas where we had a pretty good romantic partner. I don't think we had a good lead in any of these movies. We had Bearable. I'll give it to Wes Brown for being tolerable and okay and nice to look at and not terrible as a love interest in two movies this year. Like, I feel like you should get extra points for that. Um, And maybe the love interest from the holiday calendar because he was at least had personality uh or maybe i'd say the the one that i will remember the most come next year is probably mice and wyatt from christmas in the smokies because again he looks so much like jake gyllenhaal and he was a country singer that i feel like that differentiated him a little more so Uh, Moving on, best montage. Considering half of A Golden Christmas 3 is a montage, I kind of feel like I owe it something, so I'm going to say that. Uh, And then the worst montage would be all the teasing montages that we don't get in A Christmas Prince Royal Wedding. They drop so many there, but none of them are really expanded or a real montage when they had plenty of opportunity to do so. Uh, Best Dead Parents, you know, it's, it's... it's a hard one to say um i I, you know i could say christmas uh christmas prince again just because it's such like a big deal for the movie but i think instead i'm gonna give credit to uh, christmas at the palace and otherwise very bland movie because it had so many dead parents every single character had a dead parent that like had more dead parents and you know sometimes it's quantity over quality so we'll go with that uh best sassy sidekick we had a good year Okay, we had some good ones. We had the return of the sidekicks in Royal Wedding Christmas Prince. Uh, I actually really liked the blonde sidekick in the other Royal Christmas, Christmas at the Palace. But come on, there is no contest here. Ashley Benson takes this. She is the Nathan Chen of these movies when it comes to being the sidekick. She was so good and so much fun in Christmas Cupid that just everybody else is, is a you know, is just an ant in her rearview mirror, if you will. Uh, worst sidekick? I don't know. I, I don't know that we had any that stood out. It was more when we didn't have them, which seemed to happen a few times, and that's always disappointing. Uh, then sage old person, our best sage old person. I'm going to give it to the Bean. I think Orson Bean in Golden Christmas 3. It's a case of a good actor in a bad movie, but a good actor kind of like just enjoying himself and really going for it and and petting a puppy when he's giving out sage wisdom and acknowledging that he's giving out sage wisdom he says i'm very wise he's petting a puppy as he does it so yeah or orson bean i mean it's kind of cheating like i have a puppy doesn't that make me win something yes of course it does but it's a cute puppy so it's okay and the worst sage old person easily the mom in the tree that saved christmas because this woman 
and I'm not blaming the actress, it's the writing of this character. This character was written to be such a sage old person, and she was kind of terrible. Uh, and then last, Santa Claus. Come on, again, the only the only bigger blowout of a race. Uh, you know, Ashley Benson killed the sidekicks. Kurt Russell, there's it's not even a question. I mean, Kurt Russell was in a Cozy Cardigan Christmas movie, and he played Santa, and he was incredible. So that is easily the best there. So now, before we leave you for a year, uh, I do just want to give a quick rundown of from the worst to the best of the movies I covered this year. Uh, This is more an order of my enjoyment than quality of film, if you will. So quality of life that Emily had for these few weeks in December. Uh, We did 14 movies. Coming in at last place in 14th is easily, without question, Christine's pick, Girlfriends of Christmas Past. It was mean, it was not funny, it was not charming, and it was genuinely might have made the world worse for existing. Uh, 13, I, you know, I'm going to say The Princess Switch was bland and nothing to remember about it, and considering it was Netflix, it didn't have to be that. So I'll go with that. Number 12, in the similar vein of just a little too dull and forgettable, Christmas at the Palace, made by Hallmark this year. Ice skating, not even enough ice skating for me to bump it up to, you know, single digits. Number 12, I guess I'll go with the tree that saved Christmas, which I knew would be bad. Uh, And it's almost dumb bad where it kind of entertained me, uh, but it's still not very good. Number 11, Christmas in Mississippi was another just competent, competently made, decent lead actress. Faith Ford was fun in it, but it was just so not memorable. It's going to be one of these movies that a year from now, when I'm putting together my list of movies that I want to watch, I'm not going to remember if I watch this one or not. Uh, number 10, uh, I might have I might have my numbers wrong. Don't mind me. Uh, the next one on the list, as we go bad to good, kind of in the middle ground, Christmas at Graceland, the movie that was filmed at Graceland. That was really the most fun part about it, but the rest of it was pretty blah. Uh, next, well, I guess I would say A Christmas Cruise, the Vivica A. Fox, David Dakota film. Not very good, but weird in that David Dakota way, so it's it's kind of right in the middle there. Uh, the next one is going to be Christmas at the Smokies. Not a good movie. Very flawed movie. But weird enough that I found it charming. And it was very fun to talk about. With Carol, of course. Uh, the next one, talk about another not good movie that was really fun to talk about. This would be Love for Christmas, aka A Golden Christmas 3. Um, is the movie I, I uh, covered with Kevin Marr. This is a terrible movie. It is not even a movie. Half of the movie is a montage, so it's not even a full-length running movie. But it's so stupid that it is one I will not forget. And I enjoyed watching it because my jaw just kept dropping and I had to furiously, I was decorating my tree while I watched it. I kept having to pause it, pause my tree decorating to run down and take notes on it. So that counts for something. Uh, Next up, number five, uh, Christmas Prince Royal Wedding. Funner, I think, even than the first one in some ways, uh, in some ways. Um, But again, it was a joy to talk about with Elizabeth and it was pretty to look at and it had a lot of, good actors in it having fun and making the best of their situation uh number four surprising the first movie i covered this year i'm gonna say netflix is the holiday calendar was a better one of these in terms of these being all very typical this is probably of the three i have left the most typical of these movies 
but it was paced well. It had a likable lead. It had some good supporting actors. It had a fun sidekick sister character. Uh, it also did really we've had better diversity this year than past but it really was a diverse movie that clearly sought uh casting actors of color of various uh races to make it a little more inclusive and more interesting so i'm going to give it credit for that uh number three uh look i'm not saying christmas cupid is good we you just heard me give my full review of it it's not a good movie but it was really fun and i laughed a lot and i don't usually laugh genuinely at these movies so that's sitting there at number three number two uh you know it's almost like a cheat because i feel like in a way it almost doesn't count on this list because it is so outside of most of the formula but no i mean uh, the Christmas Chronicles, produced by Netflix, was meant to sit in this genre, just in a different part of it. And it is fun and a joy, and I do recommend it to families. And again, we had a great guest star and Richard on that episode, Elwood Jones. And number one, my favorite of the 14 movies that I covered this season. Uh, very surprising to me, because I recorded it, because this premise sounded dumb enough that I'd give it a go. And I did the episode with dear friend Jason Fazivair. And I was shocked at how much I enjoyed The Truth About Christmas. And the more I think about it, and the fact that this movie, spoiler alert, ended with our lead learning important lessons about herself, but ultimately not having that lesson be connected to, and don't forget, the most important thing in her life is to go back to your high school boyfriend and tell him how wrong you were for breaking his heart. No, this movie doesn't end with her uh, with a man at all. It didn't have to. It, and the police are out to get me because I have dared to break from the formula. I apologize for the sound outside my window, but I live in the big bad city. These things happen. There's crime happening on every corner. Point is, as they... Oh, good, they, they didn't find me. The point is, the truth about Christmas was a genuinely uh, actual nice movie with a good message and the only one to give me a real surprise in how it ended in not forcing its female character to live her life a certain way. Uh, credit to that. It's been a wonderful season. I want to thank all of my guest stars who were wonderful and gracious and, uh, you know, all clearly so open and, you know, you all heard them. They were great. Love to them all. Love to you listeners for listening and taking this journey, this Christmas cruise with me, if you will. I hope you've enjoyed these. Uh, we will be back to our regularly scheduled programming very soon. Uh, and whatever your holiday may be, be it Kwanzaa, be it Hanukkah, be it Christmas, be it Festivus, be it um, um, Yule or Solstice or all of the other Diwali, I don't know, anything it could have been, whether you just look at the calendar and you say, oh no, it's December, that means people are going to start singing Christmas songs that I hate, and I work in retail, and I hate the world, I'm sorry for you. Uh, whatever it is, this is, a, even if you're not a Christmas person or a holiday person, this is always a time of year to kind of just, you know, look at the good things, or look back on the year and see the good things, and I do want to thank everybody for their continued support. Um, you know, Christine and I do this show just because we like each other, we love each other, uh, we love talking about movies, and we're always happy when we remember that us talking about movies seems to make other people happy. So be happy. All those wonderful, warm, fuzzy feelings from our little nook of the podcasting world to yours. I'm looking for the warm side of the door. 
every night. 